words are powerful and what you say you believe in like it can be true or is true like that is what you believe in um so if, if you truly believe in something and you're you're ambitious about that and, and you're going for that like i don't think there's anything wrong with like with saying that i think where our problem is is we're all too too afraid to fail for yes. whatever reason or for different reasons depending on the the mission or the goal and and so we take that that failure and instead we don't even we don't even get started right You're listening to the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of life fully optimized with Megan Hotman. Hey, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast fans, welcome back. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends over at Runner's High, the only running specialty store here in Golden. You can check them out on the web at runnershighco.com. They've got a shop here in Golden, Colorado, and they just opened a second location in Morrison, Colorado, right there at the base of Red Rocks Amphitheater. So why do I love the folks at Runner's High? Well, Deb and Ken are an incredible couple. Both have extensive running backgrounds and pedigrees. They have a wealth of knowledge and experience. They are the ones that helped me back in 2015 when I started training for my first Ironman and was getting back into running. They put me on their treadmill there in their store and did a running gait analysis, helped me figure out what I needed for both training shoes as well as race day shoes. And I'll just share that they got me hooked on the Hoka 1-1 for training days and on the Newton lightweight running shoes for race day. And this protocol has worked beautifully for me for the last three years. Uh, It's also my only source of running and training nutrition both during and after i buy my scratch labs hydration mix at runner's high and they also just got me hooked on the tailwind nutrition vanilla recovery mix which i use after my workouts so they are fantastic they will absolutely help you get sorted with your running shoes as well as apparel and they sell some pretty amazing yoga pants too they are offering a discount to our listeners. If you mention that you are a Maximum Enthusiasm podcast fan, they'll give you 10% off running shoes and 20% off apparel. You can also just mention the last name Hotman, H-O-T-T-M-A-N, and you will be a friend for life with Runners High in Golden. So again, check them out, runnershighco.com. Hey, listeners, welcome back. Today's episode features a former client, someone I had the privilege of serving in our law firm who was unfortunately hit by a car, and you're going to hear about that in his episode. Uh, Former client turned friend, turned uh, fellow home builder. We just got back from a trip with Hope Sports in December. Uh, I am proud to share with you Travis Lechner. He is just a walking, breathing example of what it means to take ownership over your mindset. And you'll hear a few recurring themes as he talks, one of which is owning it, one of which is doing whatever it takes, and one of which is pursuing his goals, or he calls them missions, um, with such audacity and such vigor that he has overcome his fear of um, basically the 
public sharing of his goals and dreams and aspirations and um, is recognizing the power that putting those missions out there in the world and having people support him and encourage him along the way, um, that that power is more likely to help him accomplish his goal. And even if he doesn't make it sort of the recognition that there's a community that will form around him and will celebrate his wins and his losses both. And um, we talk about how I experienced some of that in 2018 when I started sharing some of my goals publicly and just the really positive response I got from people who were following along on that journey. Um, I want to just say, because you're listening and not seeing or observing Travis, that if you spend more than two seconds with him, his positivity and optimism and encouragement is contagious. And I personally had the uh, experience of watching Travis overcome several setbacks, one of which was being hit by the car, but then there were several others. And I was constantly blown away by how positive he was. And he would put his head down and basically get back to work, doing the rehab, doing the recovery, focusing on what's next, what's ahead, what work and contribution he can do and, and put in towards his recovery and even just his forgiveness towards people who had caused him harm, whether intentionally or, or on accident. And um, just his incredible composure and uh, authenticity and um Knowing Travis, I know that uh, public speaking and speaking in front of um, people, even on a microphone, is something that makes him very uncomfortable. And so I really want to encourage you even to appreciate that aspect of this podcast, that being on this show uh, is something that makes Travis very uncomfortable. How this came to be specifically is that I offered a contest back in late December, challenging people to send me a postcard with their 2019 goals on it. And then we would draw some winners from those. Interestingly enough, we only had three brave souls who were willing to put their goals down on paper. And Travis was one of them. So we just made them all winners and offered them a spot on the podcast if they were interested and willing. And Travis jumped at the chance because he saw this as an incredible opportunity, not just to share the work that he's done with his mindset and not just to tell you about his coaching and his awesome assistance that he can provide but also to further his own goals and missions for 2019 by putting them out there publicly. We did reach an agreement um, where we're adding some purpose to his passion and to his goals, which is that if he upgrades to Cat 2 and then if he upgrades to Cat 1, I have offered to sponsor a spot on the 2019 home build for Hope Sports. And so basically we're going to take someone on the trip if Travis uh, reaches those two goals. Uh, it will result in two people having a spot on the trip. And so it wasn't intended to add any extra pressure or stress from him, just a little extra nudge and just a reminder of purpose as he's pursuing his race goals and his upgrades. And I just want to wish him the very best of luck. I have every confidence that he's going to not only meet his missions and, um, and do them very successfully, but that he will surpass them. And it makes me so happy to see that he is now involved in the coaching role with his coaching company, Cinch, um, which he talks about his coach, Tom Danielson, owns Cinch. And so you'll hear some of that We'll also include links to his Instagram page, to his email, which he offers on the show, as well as the Cinch Coaching website on our website, MaximumEnthusiasm.com, so you can check out more information about him there. In the meantime, I hope that this lands on your heart in a really positive way, that you walk away with some small inspirational nugget or piece of advice. And um, I recently read something in Dave Asprey's new book called Game Changers, where he says one of his goals is to make himself a better person in some way every day. 
And I think arguably listening to this episode by Travis is going to make you better for today, at least if not for the long term. So sit back and enjoy this episode with my friend Travis Lechner. Is today a training day for you? Uh, no, so Monday and Friday is totally off. Only day I get to chill. Okay. <laughs> well, optional, we will... optional, non non chill, but I usually offer the chill. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, we'll try to keep um, this as chill as as possible. <laughs> um. I mean, I the only other option. Oh no, we're if good. If you want to do it the other way, I was going to say I was. I think I could do it from work and use my oh, work no. computer. Don't even worry about it. Seriously, we're okay. good. We're good. Yeah. Um, so my uh, my guest today, we're, we're checking in late January 2019, and my guest today is Travis Lechner. Travis, welcome to Maximum Enthusiasm. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. Such a joy to have you. And the context for this podcast appearance is back in December. I posted a contest on Instagram wherein I offered some prizes to people who were bold enough and brave enough to send me their 2019 goals in a card or on a postcard, actually write them in pen and put a stamp on them and mail them to me. And you did just that. And, uh, the challenge really was, you know, are you bold enough and brave enough to share your goals out loud? And you did. And so Travis, what were those 2019 goals? Um, yeah, so it was was definitely a challenge just to to even do that and get started. It sounds so simple, right? To to write that (laughs) down. Uh, I think that was the hardest part was like, oh, wow, contest. Like, I want to do that. Wait, no, I I don't want to share my goals, actually. (laughs) Um, I think that's just human nature of being a little bit scared, right? Um, But my goals for this year were uh, something I've kind of, mission I've set out to accomplish for a while now. So the main goal, if you will, being to cat up um, in cycling racing. So I am currently a cat three. Um, and my goal is to be cat one by the end of this year. So amazing. And you have specific races that you're targeting to get there. And for our non-bike racer listeners, um, these are very audacious and bold goals because each time you upgrade to the next category, it of course gets harder. You have to be in larger fields and, um, the field sizes have to be, um, you know, pretty competitive to generate the points. And obviously you have to do that at more than one event typically to get enough points to upgrade. So from three to two to one is really big and really impressive. And you have made this your mission. I can tell just from what I'm seeing of you training online that this is, you're all in, right? For sure. For sure. And I think you actually just stole my word. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What word is that? As as you know, um, and for some people that are, well, obviously people that are listening that don't know, um, I'm highly involved in now um, also coaching with Cinch Cycling Coaching, which is uh, Tom Danielson's business, uh, you right. know, a coaching group that he created. Right. Um, and so that's his word uh, that he taught me from day one was actually mission, not goal. And ah. something that really resonated with me um, because I I think we are all afraid to write those things down, right, and create those goals. And 
I, I don't exactly know the, the why behind that. I think everybody's maybe root cause is different, but um, I think a mission is different than a goal in that it's more of driven by a purpose. Sure. And talk a little bit more about that. Like what um, what is the purpose that you are aligning with these um, upgrading missions, if you will? Yeah, so, I mean, I think the purpose for me is to start it off by just wanting to, to push myself and, and see how far I could go. I never really thought uh, just being even being competitive at all was ever an option for me. I didn't have the confidence to even enter a race. I had never even tried to put myself out there, right? I was too, too afraid to fail. Um, and so I think the biggest um, – so – the, the mission there was to continue pushing myself and, and see this all the way through, um, just really how far I can go. And so that's mission number one. And mission number two is I realized along the way that more people actually care than you think and are listening and want to help kind of yeah. like you experienced with your goals last yeah. year. So mission number two is to really just um, inspire some other people to reach out or to go for it and to, to do the same thing. Um, but kind of where we, uh, what I learned or was taught about mission versus a goal, the way uh, kind of can, can resonate is, is think about a, a pilot. So if you, if you got on an airplane and they told you, well, our goal is to fly you to LA safely, <laughs> you wouldn't be really confident in that, right? You're kind of wondering, okay, well, what does that mean? What does that look like for me? Like, how are we getting there? But if, they, if you have a fighter pilot, right? He's going to tell you, well, this is my mission and he knows everything about it. This is what we're doing. This is how we're going to get there. And this is how we're going to execute it, right? And you're like, okay, cool. Got it. <laughs> you know exactly what's going on. Um, one is a little bit more um, optimistic and hopeful and one is a little bit more uh, it's going to happen and is confidence um, building. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, with a mission, it's you're setting out to do something that you're actually going to benefit from, uh, you know, that you're actually putting your effort and your energy towards something that's fulfilling. And then one step further is, you know, the steps that you're going to take to actually get there. You know, that ambition, you know, that effort, you have a clear process of how to get there versus I think a lot of time with people's goals, they're, they might have this desire or maybe they don't even have a desire. They think they have something that they might want to work toward and they don't really have a process or an idea of how they're going to get there. Right. And why do you think, whether we call it a goal or a mission, why do you think we as humans suffer so much from not wanting to make them public? You talked about this a little bit earlier and you shared the upsides um, and so I guess let me ask it a different way. What motivated you to start saying your missions out loud as opposed to just keeping them to yourself? Is it just this overwhelming desire to execute and to, you know, enlist as much help and support as possible? Um, I think that's part of it. And I think part of it is kind of like you speak things into reality, yes. right? Like what we, our words are powerful and what you say you believe in, like it can be true or it is true. Like that is what you believe in. Um, so if, if you truly believe in something and you're you're ambitious about that and, and you're going for that, like I don't think there's anything wrong with like with saying that. I think where our problem is is 
we're all too too afraid to fail for yes. whatever reason or for different reasons depending on the the mission or the goal and and so we take that that failure and instead we don't even we don't even get started right because we don't even we don't know how and so why why put it out there because it's really just this pie in the sky goal or idea i have but i don't know how to get there and i'm kind of afraid to fail so i'll just keep it inside and maybe i'll work toward it and maybe it'll happen and maybe it'll won't. I was just Googling before we got online, you know, reasons why we're afraid to share goals or why are people scared to, um, to share goals or missions. And um, one uh, article I, I read as the number one reason to do that is accountability. And it says when you share your goals, you're literally feeding your accountability muscle. So if you're telling a friend, you know what, I'm going to travel to XYZ country this summer. You can bet the next time you see that friend, he's going to ask you, hey, buddy, how's your trip to XYZ going or something along those lines? And I have to say that really benefited me and helped me get to my 2018 goals um, because there were definitely times when it was like, man, if no one knew about this, I am sort of inclined to just let it go. And so in those times of waning motivation, I found that people everywhere I would go would be like, hey, how's it going with your 10,000 mile goal? Um, I got asked so many times throughout the year that it, it really kept me on point when I potentially would have slipped up and um, thrown in the towel. So are you finding that already to be benefiting you this year? Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting, right? Like uh, at first we're, we're afraid to, to put it out there. And then when you do, you realize uh, how much more support or how many more people are actually, like you said, out, out to help or actually do care and follow up than you, than you think. Uh, and that's pretty that's pretty interesting i think socially right because we have this uh, set ourselves up for this this fear almost right to to make these things a, a goal or a reality and we have this uh, for me it was almost like a i guess partially fear of just failing and and having that uh in the public eye maybe if, but the more you uh, set out to accomplish something and and know that you kind of have that accountability like you said um it it helps just create that much more drive and that much yeah. more uh yeah. i guess it is accountability right yeah. um it's like a positive just, feedback loop yeah so it just grows people, and grows people truly care and they actually do reach out and hey how's it going and yeah like, oh, well maybe i wasn't you know, going to do that today, but now I'm going to do no, this. Gonna... Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm pretty self-motivated, so I usually, yep. I, I mean, I'm usually on it, but you know, uh, that added piece is definitely nice. To, Absolutely. To have. So I feel at this point we should do a little bit of background for our listeners just so they know um, who this person is that I'm talking to and, and I would love to just kind of experience share too. Um, you and I met as a result of a, um, a work thing through my law firm and connected that way and we um, helped you as a client and then you and I had an opportunity to travel to Mexico this last December and build a house for a family down there together which was a really awesome and impactful experience for us both and you know, we were both sort of talking aloud about our 2019 goals or missions and kind of how we go about setting them. And then, um, you were, you were struggling with how much of them to make public and then you just finally went for it. And it's been really cool to see your posts and things on Instagram. Um, but the backstory here for our listeners is, you know, you're talking fairly casually about being a cat three, which is already a really remarkable accomplishment. Um, you're new to cycling, aren't you, Travis? I mean, you're, you're not in this like two decades at this point. This is a new sport for you. 
No, this yeah, this, this is very new for me. Um, I mean, my I I got the passion from my dad. Um, he rode all growing up, and for whatever reason, I just felt the need to, to fight that. So I played every other sport possible and <laughs> tried to pretend <laughs> like I didn't like cycling. Um, and then uh, one day, I don't know, man, a couple of years after college, I just broke down literally out of nowhere. I actually not quite out of nowhere. We had been watching the Tour de France. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, my dad had stopped cycling for a while and was kind of in, uh mentioning wanting to get back into it and for whatever reason I was just like well I bet if I go out and buy a bike and he'll be motivated to jump back on and start riding yeah. too um, and it actually works just like that um, <laughs> and this was how long ago just so, a few years ago right yeah so that was um, about so that was about four and a half years ago now Okay. Um, but like six months maybe not even couple months into buying a bike um i was actually hit by a car and uh. so was completely back off the bike again for quite some time um and then worked on rehabbing that and that didn't go very well in this very long tedious process and i wasn't making much progress and that was when i met um tom danielson uh-huh um uh, which was a little over two and a half years ago and told him poured my heart out and was like, hey, I want to like find a way to get back into uh, cycling and like, can you help me basically? Yeah. Um, he, he had been at Hincapie's Fondo, uh, which my dad raced uh-huh. or, ro- or rode and um, he was standing next to the finish line and he was, it's this pretty steep little snack that goes up to the hotel there. And that was the finish line after a hundred something miles. And my dad has this old steel bike and oh, wow. <laughs> all gears. And he was kind of, he was really struggling to get up the hill. And Tom literally was running up and down the hill, cheering people on. Pushing oh, people. wow. Um, so we kind of quote met him, if you will, even though I was standing on the sidelines watching him push my dad. Um, That's cool. <laughs> and so that was my first impression. So, uh, he had a, a, contest so while after that I was like hey just reach out and tell me what you want to gain from cycling and why you should uh why you want to coach and stuff like that and I responded and he actually called me on my phone oh my gosh <laughs> and I I was like uh really <laughs> this is <something> <laughs> <laughs> um so it was, it was really interesting but yeah I, so I came out to Colorado um that was, so that was about two and a half years ago and just literally said hey well tell me like what I have to do to get better. Um, and, and he had all faith and all confidence in me. And even when I had zero on myself and never even at that time had even thought about racing, I just ah. wanted, wanted to get better. I mean, I couldn't even clip in at the time. <laughs> just two and a half um, years ago. Wow. Right. So it's been a heck of a journey. Indeed, and for our listeners who haven't seen you or met you, you're how tall, Travis? Uh, 6'3". Okay, and um, <laughs> you, so yeah, like, you know, um, built to ride a bike, I think, like, perfect um, dimensions to be an amazing climber, which you are, And but also I can understand why you were drawn to some of the ball sports in high school and basketball and things where, um, you know, taller players are appreciated and um, can also understand, like, fighting the thing that you're, um, parents are encouraging you to do because that's just what we do when we're kids, right? 
right. we rebel. <laughs> um, and so it's so cool that it's come full circle. And for our listeners, also, the backstory is you were hit by a car that first time that you mentioned, got back into the cycling, got really, really strong, and then unfortunately had a second occurrence just like that. And here you are continuing to persevere and actually improve exponentially on the bike despite those setbacks. So, I mean, what do you have to say about that? Because your, your attitude is so positive always. Like, how do you, where do you get that? Um, I mean, a lot of it, credit goes to Tom, honestly. Like, it was turning into the Tom podcast. <laughs> <But> um, <laughs> um, after the first accident, when I reached out to him, you know, I was, it, it, like, in a really bad spot mentally. I, I didn't know, I thought I wanted to keep riding, but I didn't know how, and, um, you know, I got over the fear of riding on the road. I literally went, uh, I had a cast on both arms and both legs at Aww. first. And once I got those off, I went straight for that spot um, and rode right past it and thought I was going to have a heart attack and die. But um, that cured the fear of, of riding outside and cars ride and stuff. But I was mad and, like, I felt like this isn't my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. Like, why me? Poor, poor, pitiful me, right? And um, when I when I met Tom, the very first thing he said to me was like, well, what did you do wrong? Like, well, what could you have done better? And I was like, wrong. Like it was broad daylight. Like he T-boned me. And like, I got so mad and so defensive. Right. And he's like, this is like, this is already the problem. Like you think somebody did something to you and you've been wronged. And, wow. uh, you know, now like, you know, you just have this, why me? And like this poor, 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 poor me attitude, but that's not going to get you anywhere. He's like, sure. you know, I've, I've been wrong too. And I, this is what I did. And I, this is how I fixed it. And this is what I went out to accomplish. And you can do the same thing if you want to. And I was like, I, I mean, I was bawling, right. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> how could you say I could change this? Like he hit me, you know, I just yeah. couldn't wrap my mind around that. So it took a long time. Um, you know, I had zero confidence. I was angry. I was upset. Like I, I didn't know how to handle it. I, you know, so, um, we really worked a lot on mindset and creating a process for me to, to have confidence and to uh, set out to accomplish things that, you know, that were going to help me derive that confidence um, and build a process to get better. So what, you know, what does that actually look like? What do I have to do? Um, and then, you know, you see that and you feel that every day, like this is what I'm working towards. This is how it's going. Like you, you can check in with yourself, right? Like I don't even, need to ask anymore like I, I sure. know how it's going sure. I know what I'm doing like I'm in control of all of that um so after the second accident you know the mindset was just completely different from moment one um for anybody that's seen the pictures like yeah I mean I was uh I was you know as soon as I was coherent I was like guys like don't stand here look at me like like it's like I'll be fine like we'll bounce back in no time I'll, I'll be on the bike as soon as I can like I, you know, like go go for your ride. Do it. You you normally do today. Like obviously that's not rational, right? Like they're not yep. going to jump on it, right? But um, but your headspace you know, was different. There was, was no like, poor me. You know, yeah, I wasn't sad. I wasn't upset. Like these things happen. We ride bikes on the road. It's dangerous. This is part of like you know the possibility or the reality that's there. Like we we have to accept that. And you know I, I don't know why this happened, but it really doesn't matter. I, you know, I was I wasn't in control that time. I was doing the right thing. It was a freak accident, um, and so you know we're all fine. We're going to move on. We'll be back in no time. Um, so I really think it just comes down to to mindset more than anything. Um, 
So it sounds like that would be your advice for listeners is if you want to become a more resilient and overall optimistic person, it doesn't happen by accident. Like there's hard work in flexing those muscles just like there are the muscles in our legs. That's what I'm hearing you say. For sure. For sure. We did like 70% mental work and 30% cycling work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can have the physical vessels super tuned, but if the insides aren't straight, it's going to fall apart eventually anyway, right? So you had to start there as your foundation, um, which makes total sense. And I've kind of known the Travis in that headspace and in that mindset. And, and the word that always comes to mind when I see you is resilience um, and just, you know, just a... Um, an overwhelming determination to stay positive no matter what. And it, and it really has just shown me it's absolutely a choice. Like where you're at in your head is a choice and how you work with these setbacks that come your way. You have handled them very, very well. And um, just so inspiring to those around you because of, of, you know, how you handle these things. Um, So that's pretty powerful to be, you know, epitomizing what it looks like to be, resilient and optimistic at the same time well thank you um you know i think we can all just try to like own that right that is the the one thing we are control of like the most not only yes our actions is our mindset and if you can start with that start with a, a positive attitude a positive mindset and a process behind that that's going to help you work toward whatever you, it is you're working toward, whether it's that day or big, small, you know, um, that's where it all starts is, is, is within. So, um, you know, it's something I had to focus on a lot and totally change because I didn't have that before. Um, it's like the one, you know, the two words that stick out with me are like, you have to own that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it really all starts with you. Yeah. And, and you're capable of it if you want it. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's a great quote. Um, that's a great one. That really is. And for our listeners who don't know, who might be surprised to learn this based on just hearing you talk, uh, you know, public speaking is not your favorite thing. Is that a fair statement? Uh, more than fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have observed you rise to the challenge a few times when you've had to speak in groups and you do it very well and very eloquently, but it is not your favorite thing to do. So um, even just being on this podcast, I, I know it was... Um, was not in your comfort zone. And I think that's another thing I really admire about you is just your willingness to not only own things, but also um, test your limits and do things that make you uncomfortable, like do things that scare you, which I hear a little bit in your goals. They scare you. And I think that's why I respect them so much because audacious goals should scare us a little bit. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, it comes down to more like back to my original mission, to be honest with you, is like what I've learned is, um, you know, you can be stagnant or you can be complacent or you can want to push yourself to be better. And that's not just like riding my bike. That's your mindset, right? Back to the, you know, own it. That's pushing yourself or, uh, public speaking, like that's pushing yourself. Like, yeah. Whether it's, uh, you, you know, you're working on your own things or your health, your eating, your nutrition, like, push yourself to do things you don't know how to do or you're, or you're uncomfortable with. Um, you know, that's uh, motivating and ambitious and, and builds confidence and character like in itself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I set out to do that stuff as much as possible now because uh, I've realized the, uh, the importance in, you know, 
I guess, you know, just constantly pushing yourself to be better, like wanting more, like not being complacent. Not settling. Yeah. Yeah, which I I appreciate that about people that do that because I think that's part of not just living a life but thriving in it is kind of constantly pushing the boundaries and searching for the best version of ourselves and working towards that in whatever season that we're in. Um, So, you know, the cool thing is you mentioned earlier kind of in passing that you are now coaching um, with Cinch, which is just incredible because you've been in this sport for a short time, but you've learned so much so quickly because you've truly become a student of it. And so now you're coaching other athletes. And so as you're coaching them, what advice are you giving them about how to set their, their mission? And then, you know, to what extent are you encouraging your, your coaches to share their mission aloud? Um, wow. Um, kind of loaded question and stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Um, for, I mean, it, I think a lot of it comes down to knowing the, and, and building a relationship with the, the athlete. Um, you know, some of them are very much, uh, I see myself in terms of uh, ambitious and know what they're wanting, know what they're after. And a lot of the people, um, are kind of the flip side of the coin that, you know, whether they're really strong and talented and not sure or they're just wanting to get better but not sure how to get there so um, a lot of it's been more of just learning how to create a different and tailored approach for each person Um, but the thing that you know um, with Tom's system um, the great part is I'm not the one actually writing the workouts because you're right I haven't been doing it long enough to know how to do that I don't know if I agree Um, with that but okay so the, the the cycling portion comes from top. Uh, the part that's really actually cool that I get to help with um, is more of the communication and the Got mindset, it. Got um, it. and all of the learning that goes along with that. And actually, what you said is, you know, defining the process, defining what confidence looks like, and helping inspire that, um, and helping them, like you said, drive toward their their goals and and figure out what exactly that looks like and how we get there. Um, which is all things that I'm extremely confident in now and feel like yeah. I can share my own experiences to, to help those people. Those are the most powerful um, teachers. So it's been really rewarding to actually share what you you know from you know so many different levels and so many different people um, you know to connect with them at different times and meet them wherever they're you know they're at or they're struggling. Right. You know, one of my biggest uh, one of the biggest things I kind of soapbox on in addition to just accountability and setting audacious goals for yourself and then putting them out there in the world is the power of having a coach. And it can be in the cycling context or in whatever athletic realm a person is in. Um, I've also had business coaches. I'm currently working with a sole purpose coach. I think um, when we are seeking gains in a particular area of our life, it is so unbelievably powerful to have that guide who um, isn't steering the ship for us necessarily, but is helping us navigate. And it's that person that we can go back to and check in with our, um, you know, our workouts if, if it's in the sport context and get some feedback and just kind of like that reality check sometimes. Um, I, this is the first year I haven't had a cycling coach in 11 years, and I can already feel myself just kind of flailing about because there's just such power and that accountability 
Um, so what would you want to tell a listener who um, maybe is interested in just, you know, taking some kind of sport event like a 5K, 10K, half marathon? Maybe they want to do a bike race. Maybe they want to do an Ironman or CrossFit Games or something. Um, but I, what I hear oftentimes is people say something like, you know, I'm not serious enough about this. I'm too new. Um, I'm not good enough to warrant hiring a coach. Um, you know, I, um, uh, I, I'm not an athlete. And so I shouldn't have a coach. And, you know, you and I, of course, would say, oh, that's a bunch of bullshit. So what advice would you give to someone that you could say, like, no, look, this is this is why you need a coach. And here's the power of having a coach helping you. Um, yeah, I mean, at the time, I wasn't an athlete at all. Right. Um, I had I definitely wouldn't have called myself that at all. I mean, I had flat pedals on my road bike, right? I don't think anybody that cycles <laughs> worth a darn would consider you an athlete at that point. Um, but um, the the power in the coaching, like you said, is not just accountability, but um, just almost like a bond and a relationship that can really just inspire you so many ways and set forth to help you define that process and that roadmap. Like, how are you going to get there? How are you going to build confidence? How are you going to you know, do the, do what you want to do. Um, and whether, you, you know, whatever, if you want to call it a goal or not, um, you know, a, a mission, whatever it is, but, you know, help you match your desires so that your effort is going towards something and your ambitions and you're actually working toward accomplishing like what you want. And at the time, you know, and not only that, but maybe helping you define that. Right. Um, you know, at right. the time I didn't know what I wanted. Um, and I just knew I wanted to be better at something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think making sure, like, your goals are moving toward, like, your ambitions, like, your desire. Um, and that coach is, ends up being, like, you know, on one level, it's like a, almost like a parent. And on another level, it's like a friend. And on another level, it's like a mentor. Like, that yes. person, you just develop such a good relationship, like, you know, from everything that I've seen from my experience. Um, yeah. That, that that person just ends up being there for you, right? So whether it's, uh, like you said, a CrossFit or marathon or cycling, like it's it's less even about the sport, honestly. Yes. And more about the, the psychology. Like people yes. ask me the value in it, and I say, well, like, do you pay for a psychologist now? Do you pay, do you pay for a gym membership? Do you pay for, you know, all these other things? Because you can throw all that away and just get a coach and, you know, they'll be all that together in one. <laughs> right, right. Well, and honestly, that touches on a great point, which I think is worth discussing, which is I think sport, or at least my experience in cycling specifically, it's a microcosm of life. And I feel like it can accelerate certain aspects of life where you can actually drill down on it. And sometimes you even get the chance to practice it over and over and over again in each race, um, which I always appreciated about cycling. And whether it was managing team drama or teammate issues, whether it was managing being outsmarted in a, in a, a race by people who had more teammates than you, um, whether it was managing your own expectations, whether it was managing your failure or even your public successes, those are all things that we deal with in our real life outside of sport. And I think sport gives that unique opportunity to practice those skills repeatedly. Um, at least that was my experience is I would screw something up six or 10 or 20 times. And then finally on like the 21st time I'd say, Oh, I've been here before. I recognize this and I'm going to try something different. Um, which is honestly when I started becoming more successful in the sport and then you start to apply those things 
out in the in the real life that we live outside of sport, and the same rules seem to apply. Um, have you seen any of that kind of play out as you've you know increased your uh, level of commitment to cycling? Oh my goodness, yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> it took us that long to get there. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of like you you said from my post, like that's what I realized actually pretty quickly. Uh, that's what I realized more than anything is you know we were working on so much mental stuff if you will trying to help me build some confidence and and become that better person I wanted to be um but I you know realized everything we were working on mentally that I thought at first was just to help me be a better athlete or be better at sport was actually really applied even more so to my own life and I can give you an example actually yes please um so right shortly after um the you know um our crash where I met you and started working with you. Yep. Um, I also had an, had an actual accident uh, with yes. my car. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, you know, old, old Travis would have been like, Oh, my car broke down. So now I can't do my ride. And I would have been like, I don't know how I'm going to get a rental car. And, uh, just like snowball, right? All this crazy stuff. That's not actually really related that you just come up with. Yep. And it goes all downhill real quick, right? They just snowball into all these other things in your life. And I was like, wait, no, like that's, that's not actually true. Like that doesn't, ah. that doesn't need to happen. Like I, I own that, right? It's the same mental process. It's ah. the same confidence. Like, okay, like, what are the steps? Like, how do I get there? Okay, call insurance, submit a claim, get a rental car. Like, this is actually not that big of a deal. I can go on my ride this weekend. I can do my ride tonight. Like, this actually isn't going to take that long. It doesn't need to be that big of a strain. Sounds like something minor, right? But, like, that was kind of that clicking moment. That was that aha moment for me. Like, my world isn't, like, coming to a crash. Like, it's not all ending just because of one little, like, fender bender. Like, that doesn't need to happen, right? Like, I think so so many people get stuck on one little thing and like each day, whether it's a, a meeting or a person giving you an attitude, right? Like yep. it all comes back to that same mindset or the same lessons that we're learning, whether it's, you know, on the bike or off it, like it's, it's all intertwined. And so much of it just comes down to, you know, your outlook, your attitude and, and your mental process that you've developed for yourself to like handle those things and be aware and, and take a step back. Mm. that's powerful stuff especially when you're in that moment and that light switch flips and you're like nope I've been here before I'm gonna try it different and I'm gonna try to do this better and then when you do it and you get to reflect on that conscious choice it's like a small adulthood win right it's like yes I finally nailed it Um, so, well, I kind of want to close by coming back to where we started, which was this, this public sharing of, you know, our growth, frankly, if we call it a goal or a mission, but just our growth. And one of the other takeaways, and I've experienced this now from, um, kind of, um, investing myself in your goal, in your mission, I should say, and, and being really excited for you about what the season holds, um, and just being stoked for you, you know, frankly, whether you, you reach the objective or not, I'm just so stoked for you to go for it and to be bold enough to put it out there, right? And and I've been reflecting on that a lot. Like, why is that so powerful? And why was that so powerful in 2018 when so many people invested themselves in my goals? And um, and they would have celebrated me whether I'd succeeded or failed. And I came finally to that conclusion too, was that people actually aren't secretly hoping that you fall on your face. They actually want you to win. Like, 
whether it's yes. the underdog thing or what, like they're rooting for us. Like our true, our true people are rooting for us. And, um, I think that people just want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And so that was one of the things that we brought home from our hope sports trip is, um, as you mentioned earlier, aligning a purpose with our passion. And so, um, I, do you have any thoughts or advice that you would give our listeners about how, how you can find that bigger sense of self or sense of things other bigger than yourself when you are setting these missions and goals for yourself? Um, oof, another tough question. Um, <laughs> you know, I think like start by thinking about what it is you want to accomplish and your own ambitions and then set out to find that process, that way to get there from that, but make sure that that goal is going to meet, you know, your desire and bring you fulfillment. And then what you realize from that is like you said, is once you know what that is, people really do want to help and people yeah. will help and they want to support you and they want to be a part of something. And, um, you know, I, I personally thought, well, I'm not pro and, you know, whatever, my stupid ride doesn't matter and I'm not any good and nobody cares and nobody's listening. Uh-huh. It's actually not true. Mm-hmm. Um, the minute you're willing to share, so many people have stories that they can they can relate to everything you're going to through on some level, whether it's a good ride, a bad ride, a great ride, uh, you know, a race. It doesn't matter if you if you put it out there. People, like you said, they want to be a part of that. Um, they'll share their own experiences with you. Um, I, you know, I think that let's, for whatever reason, that's a lot of what we're lacking in. Yes culture or yes. society is that real connection yes um, but if you open yourself up to that you'll find that other people will really want that too um, well and it's scary so as shit isn't it because it's called vulnerability i mean that's really what we're talking about here is you have to put the stuff out there that's actually the it's the stuff that we were nervous to share but that's where the connection happens for sure and I've seen you doing more and more of that on Instagram, and it's been really fun to watch the comments. And, uh, you know, I think Instagram can be kind of a microcosm for life, too, because you learn that there's haters, and then you learn that you have your true fans. And and um, you learn that people respond a lot more to the um, vulnerable post than they do to the one that's, like, the pretty, pretty picture. And, for sure. And I've seen that your um, your posts and your feeds have been super inspirational and you've just been very candid and sharing your thoughts about the good, bad, and the ugly. And people are connecting with you. And so you're offering that opportunity to people, which I think is really impactful too. Like you're basically building a community around those experiences. And as you said, we're lacking that, um, it seems, anyway. Um, well, geez, on that note, Travis, where can people find you if they're interested in perhaps having you coach them a little bit and get, and get messy with them on their mindset work? How can they find you? Yeah. Um, probably easiest way, uh, like you said, probably Instagram. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, Cool. Shoot me a message or look me up. It's pretty simple. My name backwards. So Lechner Travis, um, I'm the only one. (laughs) So. <laughs> perfect perfect and we will include a link to that on the website too um so that's at l-e-c-h-n-e-r travis right correct okay cool and, i mean if you going through something and 
you want to share, want some, you know, just somebody to bounce ideas off of or whatever it might be, um, you know, feel free to shoot me an email also. Uh, happy to respond and do whatever I can and connect and, yeah, that's, love to help. That's really cool of you, Travis. Um, any any favorite parting words or quotes um, that you want to share with our listeners? Anything that you're just simmering on or that's resonated with you lately? Other than um, other than own it, which I love. That's been my thing is own it. And my other um, thing, we, we were talking the other day, somebody asked me about climbing, and they didn't really like to climb, and they thought it was hard. And, <laughs> and for me, I think sprinting is hard. Um, <laughs> or or uh-huh. crosswinds are hard. Uh-huh. Um, so I think it's a, comes back to a mindset. Um, so somebody asked me so something pertaining to the effort or the power that was really irrelevant. Um, my my answer now lately has been like whatever it takes. Uh-huh. I, I don't really measure it or quantify it. Like the answer is like how how bad do you want it? Like yeah, it's like whatever it takes. Like just do it. Um, uh-huh. You're capable of so much more than you think. Like you don't need your power meter. You don't need a heart rate strap. Just do it. Just make it happen. So my new answer, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And uh, just a little side factual share. I, uh, Travis and I were trying to get this together last Monday, which was a holiday. And <laughs> you did Lookout Mountain, what, seven times? Six. Good Six. Lord. Uh, uh, six. Dude. Seven is coming. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I believe it. There's a lot coming for you in your future. It is so bright, my friend, and I look forward to following along and cheering you on from the sidelines. And um, thank you for sharing your message with our listeners. It's it's really special, and it's so insightful. So I, I thank you for overcoming your non stoke factor about public speaking (laughs) and giving this a whirl it was really great talking to you thank you thanks for having me and yeah we'll do it again soon (laughs) right on my friend happy trails thanks megan Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hopman. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.